I would imagine by the time the angel came that hope had run thin. 400 years of silence had now captured the hearts and the minds of these Israelites. Centuries pass since God had spoken those final words that the prophet Malachi records for us. The Old Testament ends with this prophecy. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Those words are spoken and the book is closed. No more prophets, no more encounters with God, no more God coming down and sharing with his people. The only thing that remained was silence. And in that silence, there were the faithful. One was a man by the name of Zacharias. The Bible tells us that he was a priest. The Bible records for us a number of things about him. It says that he and his wife, Elizabeth, were among the righteous. He was one of the few who continued to serve God in spite of the lack of his voice, the lack of any kind of new revelation. But there was something else about Zacharias and Elizabeth that becomes of prominence in this story. It's the fact that they had never had a child. In fact, the Bible tells us that they are both advanced in their years. And it says that they always had a desire that they would have a child. And so we find this man, this priest, continuing to serve faithfully with no words, with no new direction, with his own desires going unsatisfied and unmet. Zacharias has lived a lifetime with very little hope. And he finds himself on this day in the presence of the Lord. As a priest, it was his responsibility to go in and to offer the different sacraments of the priesthood, to burn the incense and to speak on behalf of the people. The Bible records for us in the book of Luke that Zacharias's time had been called to go in and to serve before the Lord in this way. And as he had often done, Zacharias finds himself in the temple. Except today was different. Today an angel appears before him. Today for the first time in 400 years, God shows up to speak to this man by the name of Zacharias. It was unexpected to say the least. After 400 years, you stop expecting to see anything different. You assume that your life is going to be like the life of all of those that came before you. You would be faithful. You would continue to offer the Lord your request. But the expectation the expectation would just be more of the same. And so the question had to come to his mind, why now? Why after 400 years would God choose to break the silence? If, if, if I can know the now, then certainly the why me must be echoing in his mind. 
Why would this priest of all of the other priests, of all of the priests in the last 400 years, why, why would God choose me in the midst of this? But the angel comes and shares something very near to Zacharias' heart. First, the angel comes and he says, Zacharias, the, the Lord has heard your petition. Your wife is going to be, is soon going to become pregnant with a child, a child whose name was John. Zacharias did something very expected in that moment. He reminded the angel that his wife was very old. Mind you, he did it behind a closed curtain where no one could hear and it could not be repeated. But nonetheless, he, he threw up all of the reasons why what this angel was saying was certainly not possible at this time. The angel affirms Zacharias that this son would not only be born to him, but he says that he would be named John. He becomes, as you know, this one known as John the Baptist. This angel tells him that this son is going to prepare the way, that the Savior is coming. All of the preparation, all of the study, all of the maintaining the rituals of Israel have culminated in this point that, that God would break his silence to share with this one that he would have a son who would prepare the way for the Christ child, Jesus. And so Zacharias finds himself in a position of wonder and of question. What happens next in the story is perhaps the most relatable thing that we could find in this story. Zacharias takes all that the angel has told him and he, he questions it. He says, how is this possible? Why, why now? Why me? Why this one? Why my wife? I love the angel's words. You can imagine this angel having waited patiently for centuries. The Lord finally calling upon him and saying, I want you to go and I want you to share with this young, this not young priest, this, this old priest by the name of Zacharias, and I want you to share a couple of things. And I can imagine this angel, his name was Gabriel, the excitement that there must have been. The, heaven knew that the time had come and Gabriel's name was called. And he goes down and he begins to share with Zacharias, only to be met with doubt and questions. Zacharias, it says in verse 18 of Luke chapter 1, says to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. I love this. It says the angel answered to him and he said, I am Gabriel. You can almost hear the exasperation. This angel who had waited for so long, this expectation that it would be met with tremendous joy and, and full belief. And here is this righteous one that Gabriel feels he needs to restate his position. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. 
Imagine with me the scene. The angel comes not just to share with Zechariah that the Messiah was going to come, but he also shares with him the very desire that has rested deep within his heart and the heart of his wife Elizabeth, their desire to have a son. And the angel comes and he says, here's the deal. For the next nine months, you're not going to be able to tell a soul. You're going to not be able to speak. The only thing you're going to have the ability to do is is to watch and to listen and to offer up your prayers to me. The Bible says that when Zacharias came out of that holy place, that everyone had gathered around because they knew that God had met with him. You can imagine the questions. Zacharias, tell us what you saw. What what is God going to do? Filled with the words that broke the silence. Filled with the joy of knowing that him and Elizabeth would have a son. Hope finally coming. And all he could do was stand there in silence. Imagine those nine months, what must have welled up within him. The thoughts that he wished he could share. The hope that he wished he could give. The words that he wished he could speak. Only to remain in silence. The Bible says that when John was born, certainly being the firstborn, it would only be customary that this young son would receive the same name of his father. He would be the name keeper for this family. And yet it says that when that baby was born, that Elizabeth, to all of those that were around, declared to them his name will be John. In almost disbelief, people immediately looked to Zacharias, assuming that she must have been wrong, she must have been trying to usurp his authority in some regard, and yet the Bible records for us that Zacharias simply took out a piece of paper and he wrote on that paper, his name shall be John. And he holds that paper up thus bringing forth the promise that God said about this one. And in that moment, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came and filled Zacharias and his mouth opened up and he began to prophesy all that the Lord was going to do. There will be a Messiah. He is going to come and to redeem and to forgive and to show mercy to his people. There will finally be the one who was promised that will come and he will change the entire world. I don't know about you, but I can imagine the years of anguish, the years of offering up a prayer that seems to fall on deaf ears, 
the tears that Zacharias and Elizabeth must have cried over this request going unanswered. The brokenness of finding yourself as being one who was called to minister to the Lord and yet feeling at times probably so distant from him. Does God hear me? Does God care about my pain? Does God know my heart in all of these things? Is there any hope left? And then on that glorious day, the silence is broken. The prayer is answered. Salvation was on its way. Friend, I don't know where you're at in your asking today. I don't know if like Zacharias, there have been things in your life that you have wondered whether or not the Lord hears them. Hope is waning. It seems like it's just a constant cycle of darkness and unanswered prayers. I want you to know today, he hears. He sees. He knows. Every tear that's cried, every prayer that's offered up, every broken request that is laid at his feet, he sees you today. And in this season, we celebrate the hope that has come. You know, the reality is, is that we live in a world that is filled with noise. Noise of opinions. Noise of insistence. There's never a lack of people who want to offer their input about your problems and about your story. And I wonder that in a world filled with noise, if what we need is not more noise, but more silence. I can only imagine what those nine months must have produced in Zacharias, save to say, when the silence was finally broken, the words that were spoken were not his own, but the Lord's. Are you in need of a word from the Lord today? Something that would comfort the places that you're at, a reminder that he has not forgotten you, that he is not unaware, but that he is near to those who call upon him today. John did prepare a way. In fact, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was the cousin of Elizabeth. The Bible records that in the process of Mary finding out about being pregnant with child, that she actually went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth already a number of months along at this point. The Bible says that when Mary and Elizabeth met, the Bible says that John leapt within her womb. He recognized the one that was to come. And today, I wonder if silence isn't perhaps exactly what we need in the midst of the busyness of this season, of all of the distractions that come in. If this would not be a season for you and I to simply take some time to be still and to be quiet before the Lord, to wait for God to come and to speak to your situations 
for wait for his presence to come and to minister to your pain. And so this morning as we end our service, I want us to take a moment to do just that. Would you pray with me? Father, your word says that in the stillness that you were there. Father, how many times do we find ourselves, Father, attempting to create those quiet times, those moments where it seems like everything around us wants to come and to rush in. Father, it drowns out our request. Father, it forces us to push away our sorrow. Father, it makes it difficult to hear and to see the places that you're leading. But Father, in the midst of what is arguably one of the busiest seasons of the year, we want to take a time to do just that. Father, that we would find ourselves daily watching, listening, praying, waiting, Father, for you to speak. Father, for my brothers and sisters in this room this morning that are facing what seem to be impossible situations, Father, that are holding in their hands problems, confusion, difficulty, sorrow. Father, for some of them that have, they have carried for most of their life and they're wondering today, how can you even be here in the midst of it? Father, you said that you are near to the brokenhearted. Father, I thank you that for every broken heart, for every person who is consumed by, Father, just the struggle around them, I pray that you would be near to them today. Holy Spirit, that as we come into this season, that we would take time to watch and to listen and to pray. Father, come and speak to us in these times. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of our services today. I hope that you'll come out next week for our family service. On behalf of all of us here, Merry Christmas.